0: Stroud watching the end zone. Jump ball. Touchdown Smith and Jacob. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my. And the gritty. The gritty dance punctuates it. What a monster game. You can watch this sport forever. You won't see many better games by a wide receiver than this one. Dude. I don't know if it's the catch or the throw that I'm about to fall over on. The throw by C.J. Stroud,
1: the location of this outside shoulder. Are you kidding me? And then the concentration. That's just, you don't teach that. You don't teach what he just did on that catch. The instincts to look over the shoulder and almost Willie Mays catch that football and make it look like he's in a practice on a Wednesday.
0: Here comes O. Ruggles. Rupert Ohio State fan. His grandfather, Homer, was a season ticket holder. He dreamed of playing for the Buckeyes. Didn't offer it. Went to North Carolina. Lost his job there in 2020. Transfers back to Ohio State. Has been almost flawless in his career. And now has a 19-yarder to win the Rose Bowl. And does his job. Triple zero on the clock. That's it. An unforgettable Rose Bowl. As Ohio State shorthanded fights from behind all night Utah leads for forty five minutes of this game sadly Cam Rising the leader of this team not out of the game not able to finish who knows what would have happened Kincaid made the catch to tie it and Utah's season of resolve and resilience yeah. ends in disappointment. But plenty to be proud about. An incredible, incredible year for these two teams. The roller coaster rides that they've both been through. Very different stories,
2: but they both laid it out here on this field today and played 60 minutes of football
1: and battled through some adversity throughout it. At the end, Ohio State ends up by three and a winner.
0: Stroud's triumphant homecoming game to Southern California. Brilliant game by the Texan, Jackson Smith, and Jake Bell. Holly?
3: These guys are so excited over here. I think everybody focused so much on who wasn't playing in this game. How did you and your fellow wide receivers decide to change and let people know who was playing? I mean, we just got a great group of individuals. You know, we're, we're bonding. Zone six, I mean, next guy's up. That's just how we always feel. And, you know, it's excited. I'm excited, you know, for the young guys to play. And we stepped up and that's all we can ask for. You continue to make play after play after play. You have set a Rose Bowl record, Jackson. How in the world did you keep doing it time and time again? I'm just blessed by God, to be honest. Um, You know, opportunities came my way, uh, and and it's what I prayed for, so I'm not really surprised. Um, You know, I can't be surprised for what I prayed for, so um, I'm just really blessed right now. All the guys were mobbing you, hugging you, and you kept saying, we did this, we did this. How hard was it to finish to the final down? Uh, I mean, this was a must win for us, was, we, had, we had a tough loss last, uh, last game, so you know, we, this was a must win for us and um, our guys did it, I mean we fought back, and uh, I'm just very happy for um, our team and uh, Buckeye Nation. I think everybody's going to be excited about next year too Jackson, thank you
4: so much. Thank you.
5: Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. My name is Nick, and this is the Buckeye Sports Blitz. Ohio State wins one for the ages in the 108th Rose Bowl, 48 to 45, in one of the greatest games in Ohio State history. Look, it's a shame Utah quarterback Cam Rising could not finish the game. You hate to see that. But unfortunately, it's just part of the game. It's part of football. Uh, who, Who knows? Maybe if he doesn't get knocked out, the outcome's a little bit different. But just what an unbelievable game. It, super physical, hard hitting. The second quarter was probably the most explosive quarter of football I've ever seen. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're probably never going to see anything like that again. All these records will probably be, be broken forever, if not a very, very long time. Jackson Smith and Jigba, most receiving yards in any Bowl game ever, most receiving yards in a single game in Ohio State history with 347 yards, tied for the most touchdowns with three in the Rose Bowl. Also, Marvin Harrison Jr. tied that record as well with three touchdown catches. JSN also broke the record for most receiving yards in a single season at Ohio State with 1,606 yards on the year. And a new single-season receptions record with 95 catches on the year. What an unbelievable year for Jackson Smith and Jigba. And unbelievable Rose Bowl quarterback, C.J. Stroud. More records. Most passing yards in Ohio State history in a single game with 573 yards. Also a Rose Bowl record. Most passing touchdowns in the Rose Bowl was six, and CJ is the first player ever to throw for 500-plus yards and six touchdowns in any bowl game ever. And for the Ohio State University, a Big Ten record ninth Rose Bowl win in program history. Yes, yeah, so uh, don't tell me this game didn't matter. And Utah played their asses off. The Utah fan base, Coach Whittingham, and their players. I could not have been more impressed with Utah. That game had everything going on. One of the best college games I mean you'll ever see. Um, That game, in my opinion, is an example of what makes college football so great. It's just one of the best games you'll ever see. Ohio State totaled six hundred and eighty-three yards, one hundred and eleven rushing yards. 573 passes did have two turnovers Utah 463 total yards 226 rushing yards and 237 passing yards and only had uh, the one turnover which really was a gift to Ohio State and they took advantage of it when you do that when you make a mistake like that and give a good football team with a good roster uh, quick strike capability in Ohio State, a short field like that, a uh, good football teams will make you pay, and that's what Ohio State did. Uh, the defense in the first half was just awful. Some of the worst tackling all year. Just, uh, you know, it actually kind of was surprising. Even though this defense was this Swiss cheese all year, the tackling has actually been pretty damn good all year, uh, but not on Saturday. And look, it was great awareness and great strength being able to stay up on Cameron rising on that fourth down touchdown run touchdown run for Utah Uh, but but that can't happen that just it's horrible tackling the the, in in the first half D was just it's just playing bad Ohio State went into the half down 14 Utah could just move the ball at will Um, I mentioned Covey last show Poor tackling again, and Covey making something out of nothing led to that return touchdown. Utah in the first half just took it to the Buckeyes. Give them credit. And obviously, Ohio State's huge second half offensively kept them in the game. Going into the half, I I seriously was thinking, Ohio State was going to lose this game the same way they lost to Oregon, the same way they lost to Michigan. Bad defense and just get dominated on both sides of the line. The second half, completely different defense. I don't know if I've seen a turnaround ever from one half to another, from, from what we saw in the first half to, to the defense in the second half was, was a completely different defense. I thought they played inspired. Uh, they played possessed. Tight end linebacker Cade Stover, I thought played really well, given the circumstances of him being thrust into a new position. He hasn't played, and I believe, what, three years since he's been in high school? Linebacker Tommy Eichenberg, unbelievable defensive game MVP in the Rose Bowl. Ties a Rose Bowl record with 17 total tackles. I mean, seriously, where did that come from? Um, give that dude so much credit. I've been very critical of Tommy Eichenberg, and I have stated that I don't think that he has the ability to be playing linebacker at Ohio State. Man, I I love to eat crow. Um, Congratulations to him, man. Just what an unbelievable effort. And to see where he has come from since the Minnesota game to this effort here, I really hope this can springboard him into being a a, a playmaker for next year. Uh, Great job, Tommy Eichenberg. Defensive tackle to Ron Vincent. He looked like the former five-star number one defensive tackle coming out. To Ron Vincent, he was just a wrecking ball uh, for the Utah line. Six total tackles for Teron Vincent and safety, linebacker, bullet, whatever the hell position they're calling that now. Court Williams was flying around making plays. Great to see him. Uh, I liked his kid coming out of high school. He dealt with an injury last year, early in the year. So great to see Court Williams. I, I think he could be, maybe be a playmaker in the future. And the D in the second half only gave up 10 points. And the first half, they obviously gave up the 35 points. Um, the only touchdown they gave up in the second half was the late tying touchdown uh, was with like 154 left. And I knew right there, once Utah scored, game over. I full-on knew Ohio State was going to win. You have the nation's top offense with a minute and 54 seconds left. JSN, CJ, game over. It's too much time. That's way too much time for C.J. to go down the field and do his thing. Yeah, I do believe Utah scored way too early. That's probably a mistake on their end. Trey Henderson had some key runs on the final drive. 17 carries, 83 yards, four receptions, 27 yards on the day. Uh, I I think he had a heads-up play by him getting down on the ground instead of running out of bounds on that game-winning drive. Uh, Look, and then you have one of the best kickers in the country, 19 yards. You can basically call that a lock. I believe it was. It was a statement win. It was an instant classic. Like I had talked on last episode, we might have found a few of the breakout guys for next season. And this win has already set the tone for week one of next season. The Buckeyes will more than likely be preseason number one or number three, depending on what happens in the national title game. The defense, I think, will immediately be improved, and we're going to spend more time on in the offseason, but I like the hire of Jim Knowles. I really do like this. I think it's a great fit, and I think Jim Knowles could be a coach that could be here for three-plus years and not leave after one or two years. Ohio State finished the season 11-2, and and I believe this win has set the bar for next season. Week one of next year against Notre Dame will have playoff implications, no doubt. And uh, I'm going to play a clip here. I'm actually going to play the entire post-game presser with Coach Day, JSN, CJ.
0: Coach Day, can you give a general remark about today's game?
2: Yeah, um, um, I'm just um, very proud of uh, the coaching staff, um, the players, and the leaders of this team uh, for uh, you know, playing the way we did, especially in the second half and winning this game. Uh, we were shorthanded. And uh, you know, there were some guys who weren't here today. And uh, for us to uh, respond the way we did at halftime and then come out and play in the second half says a lot about the character of this team to win this game. That Utah team is a very, very good team. They're well coached, uh, very good players, uh, tremendous amount of respect for them. Uh, they played their tails off tonight in an unbelievable game, uh, but uh, couldn't be proud of our guys. You know, For our, our seniors, um, you know, some of the guys who, who played in this game, uh, I can't say enough about what they've left for a legacy behind, especially winning this game the way we did. and then. For our younger guys, a couple of them sitting right here, the momentum now that we have moving forward is tremendous. we got a lot of work to do in the offseason, but this we found out a little bit about our team in the second half here.
6: OK, we'll take our first question here from the front in the black.
7: Oh my God. Ryan, I know you said Rob Aller, Columbus Dispatch. I know you said that uh, you were telling Jackson, don't try to do too much, but he you didn't he, listen. <laughs> he kind of did. Do you did you see that he did rise to the occasion in terms of the other guys being gone and, and did feel like he needed to or, you know, to do that?
2: I think Jackson's done what he's done all year and that's just play within himself. But certainly um, some of the plays he made tonight was was um, tremendous. You know, we leaned on him a lot uh, at one point. You know, I asked him, you know, are you tired, you know, on the, the play there where
1: where clark caught him and, and he looked at me like you know what are you asking me for like are you crazy he went right back out there and uh, and played one of the best games probably in the history of the rose bowl um but but i also thought cj and, and he just have a great connection uh, they just they have a great feel um and and i think there's a lot of trust there that's been built over the year and uh, i think it happened a little bit you know in that nebraska game anyway, who knows you have to ask them maybe it happened last year i don't know uh, but but they they read each other really well and they got a special connection. I mean, the throw on the touchdown pass, uh, the, the inside slot fade, the throw and the catch there is probably as good as I've ever seen in a big time spot.
7: Jackson, how about you? Did you feel like you had to fill in the blank, so to speak, with Chris being gone and Garrett?
4: Um, Honestly, I just, you know, trust the process, you know, trust the um, coach is going to put me in the right opportunity um, that CJ um, is going to put me in the right opportunity and just, you know, taking advantage of every opportunity that I get. I mean, that's (laughs) the only thing I can do really. And, you know, it worked it worked out. So
3: our next question is from Bill up front.
6: Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch for Ryan. You guys came in depleted. You were coming off the loss. Uh, you get down 14 nothing. Are you worried at that point that this could be not just a, not a good game, a loss, but what it means for the offseason and how important was it to re- to respond the way you did?
2: I think it's huge. I, I, I worried. I don't know, but I knew that this is what an unbelievable opportunity. Like you said, down a bunch of guys, down some numbers uh, in this spot.
1: Uh, you know, I, I kind of took a step back. I mean, obviously I was driving hard, but uh, but I also at halftime, you know, there was a bunch of guys in that locker room that stepped up in a big way. And, and we talked about how, you know, in that, that 2019 big, big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, a bunch of guys did that. That, that same thing happened at halftime in this game. And uh, when, you can, when you have that type of leadership from within, that's when you can do whatever you want. And, and I think as we springboard into this offseason, that's the, that's the part that we're really going to you know go back upon in this game is the leadership that drove us in the second half that we weren't going to be denied. And two of them are sitting right here. And if we want to get to where we want to be next year, we certainly have a, we are, I mean, it's a long way away from now, but I'm already thinking about that first game. And what that means is the leadership from these two guys has got to really springboard, especially the way they played in the second half of this game, where really the entire game um, is really going to build some momentum.
6: And for CJ, that word springboard, I mean, you are playing today with Jackson, but also new receivers. Marvin catches three touchdown passes. Could you kind of describe the chemistry you have with him how important he was to this game and what this game can mean for next
8: year yeah first of all i just want to give all glory to god uh and then i mean we built that connection probably all the way back in like i mean we were we came in as freshmen together came in early we were throwing at the woody like our first day and then scout team last year, like we really built it. I mean, but he's been. This doesn't surprise me at all. Like when I heard the numbers, I didn't really notice because I mean he does this all the time. So I mean I'm I'm just blessed to be around guys like this. I mean, I mean me or him doesn't have a good game without our linemen. So I mean our old line played their bus off. I don't think I got sacked once. Our running backs ran the ball well. Tight ends played very well. And then I mean the young guys, Marvin and Julian, played really well as well. So I mean when you when you put all those things together, I mean I feel like I mean we can just keep going.
6: And and your connection with Marvin, the three touchdown passes, first of all, fourth and one, you go for the pass (laughs) to him. I uh, I mean, just, yeah, the uh, the connection you have with Marvin.
8: Yeah, uh, I call Marv, Man Marv. I mean, his, his routes are, like, amazing. I mean, especially against a good corner like number eight. I know number two. He had a he had a decent game as well, uh, filling that spot. I mean, respected their defense, but I think, I mean, when my guys are rolling, I mean, I don't think I think we're pretty much unstoppable. But I mean, we got to go out there and prove that. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, Marv had a great game. I mean, he showed y'all a little a little glimpse, but he, uh, he has way more in his bag. Julian, I mean, I know he popped his little shoulder out, but I mean, he has way more in his bag as well. So I mean, I know that they'll they'll hit their their peak next year. So we have a question up here in the
3: front from Nick.
0: Nick Hamilton, uh, NightCast Media. Congratulations to all of you. Uh, My question is for CJ and uh, Jackson. Just what did you guys learn throughout your season that that prepared you for that second half of you guys to gut it out and be able to get that win? What are some of the intangibles that you guys learned along the way?
8: Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll start. uh, Every game, I mean, you always have ups and downs. I mean, we open out the season like that. I mean, took a, a, a hard loss in that second game. And then these are all learning experiences. And then you, I mean, we lose again, and we have a tough game with Nebraska. This is all learning experience. So I think when you're, when you're young, I mean, this is our first year starting. So, I mean, uh, when you have games like that under your belt, I mean, you, you know how to kind of finish those games off in a sense. You know not to, not to panic, how to, how to stay calm. And I think that's what we did. So, I mean, uh, I'm really proud of my guys for staying, staying calm and not really panicking, not uh, pointing fingers or anything like that. I mean, we all kind of stay even killed and make sure that, that we was gonna, were going to win this game.
4: Yeah, our team's built on fighting, so um, it, it doesn't matter if we're up, down, and, uh, you know, we were down um, in the first half, but, you know, we just had to stay level-headed and um, keep fighting, so. Okay, we have another question on
3: the back, and then we're going
4: to go in the front. Question for Coach Day, Brendan Gulick, Buckeyes now in Sports Illustrated.
1: <laughs> Coach, I know we're talking a lot of offense, and for good reason, but the defense in the second half looked like an entirely different unit than what you had in the first 30 minutes, particularly Tommy Eichenberg. Can you tell us what you were impressed about the way he played tonight? Well, like you said, uh, I I thought in the second half they made up their mind on defense that they were going to play different. It happened in in the locker room. I heard it, uh, and I got out of the way. And then they played with a different toughness, and we talked about playing fast and violent. And I thought they played that way in the second half. And uh, when you make up your mind you're going to do something like that, then, then, then you can impose your will. And, and I felt like that's what happened. But it's a team game. And you have to, you have to believe the guy next to you is going to do their job. If you do your job and you, know, you count on 11 guys to do it, I think we did that in the second half. I thought Tommy played really well. He had a chip on his shoulder. I thought Kate Stover you know, stepping in at linebacker had a chip on his shoulder. And then the D-line at one point really imposed their will you know and and I think if we can start becoming more consistent in that area and having that mentality and hopefully building into the into the offseason here then then we got a chance to have a really good defense next year but those are the things that we're really going to have to hammer home you know over the next few months in the spring ball and in the preseason question for Jackson and for CJ guys maybe not even just you personally but as a team how difficult is it to keep your focus for several weeks when you, when you didn't play a game for over a month and there's all this hype and all this anticipation about a game that for a while probably seems a long way off. And then once it gets here and you've got all the, the pomp and circumstance around the game, is it difficult to prep for a game like this and to stay focused, let alone perform like you did?
8: Um, I think what motivated us, I mean, wasn't just this game, but, I mean, the previous game. So, I mean, I know that was my motivation, just getting that bad taste out of our team's mouth and in the season the right way, sending sending the seniors out the right way. I mean, that was probably the most important thing for me. Uh, So, I mean, I'm super blessed. I mean, and then on top of that, this is the Rose Bowl, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is where legendary, legendary games are being played. So if you ain't motivated to play it, I mean, I probably think, I question your, your love of the game. You know what I mean? So I mean, I, I, every game that I go out there, I try to do my best, make sure I prepare the right way and do the right things. I mean, because you never know what happened in the game. So I mean, my job is that, is to lead the team, lead our offense, and, and I then gotta, I gotta watch everything. I gotta do everything that I need to do to make sure I lead the offense on the field.
6: We have time for two more questions. We'll take one from up front here.
7: Ryan, I know your mantras: be tough and be aggressive. I don't know what your rushing numbers were, but is this the, is this a game where it didn't go the way maybe you thought it would, but it went the way it had to go? In other words, you know, the, the, the attacking pound wasn't there, but the passing game sure was.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, you know, early on, you know, we really wanted to mix it up. And so I guess, uh, you know, we had uh, just over, you know, 100 and something yards rushing. And, and and then we went down a couple of scores you know we, we hit on some big passes like i think there was three series in a row where we had like two or three plays that just kind of kept going and then um we just got into a rhythm throwing the ball um i thought we did have a good mix of, of run and pass um some of the stuff that that will show up on the um uh, on the stat sheet as passes are our run pass options you know whether they're bubbles or um you know you know throws down the field and i thought cj did an excellent job of executing in those spots, so uh, yeah, we were a little pass heavy here, but I, I did think that we played with more physicality up front. I thought that the offensive line handled uh, their front well, very well. They have a good front. I thought we blocked and ran a little harder than than maybe uh, in the last couple games, and so that was a big emphasis coming in. But we're always
7: looking for a great balance. And can you t- you've touched on this the halftime, who said what, what what was said that got things going
1: here? You know, I'll kind of leave that for the locker room. Um, and and uh, you know, there was some things that. I probably can't repeat and uh, that's okay. That's the way football goes. Uh, But that's that's the toughness and that's the edge that we have to play this game with all the time. It's a physical game that has to be played fast and violent and uh, proud of our guys are playing that way in the second half.
6: Our last question will be from up front here.
1: And Jackson, I believe
6: that you had the most receiving yards of anybody ever in a bowl game. What does that mean to you?
4: (laughs) What does it mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just a blessing. Uh, I got to give all thanks to God. You know, without him, nothing's possible. Um, got to give thanks, you know, to coach and uh, CJ, of course, for giving me the opportunities and, you know, the O-line. I mean, it's, you know, it's not just me. Um, I couldn't have done it without them. Um, you know, just, I just try to take in every moment, um, every time the ball's in the air. And, you know, I, I felt like I did that today. So, you know, it's a blessing. And, and
6: Ryan, two quickies. Uh, how's Latham? It looked like a bad injury. Latham
1: ransom? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but it was similar to Josh Proctor, you know, and just standing over him, you know, just shows you what a tough game this is. And so prayers go out to Lathan and his family, and in him hopefully gets a quick recovery in this area. And what
6: two times on fourth and one you went for
1: the pass? Well, you know, uh, you know, See, honestly, CJ at one point said, you know, the play that we called on fourth down, he liked it early on. I was a little concerned. I, I'm not sure what they were going to go into, but you know, he was looking for his guy over here and he liked that call early on. And so, you know, really what it is, is making sure guys feel comfortable with the calls and he was asking for it. And I think it was fourth and three and uh, my heart was in my throat. It was, <laughs> I think we were on the 40 something yard line, but I put, you know, I put my faith in these two guys and they delivered and, and that's, that's what it's all about.
7: Okay. That wraps us up. Thank you with CJ Jackson and coach day.
5: I mean, CJ and the receivers, next year might be better than this year and that's and I'm not just kind of saying that it's kind of scary to think and man I gotta be honest I'm already jacked up I'm already fired up for next season and this was this was just a big big time win um like I mentioned in in last episode and I've already touched on it I I I think this really is going to set the tone headed into that Notre Dame week one next season uh, the go-ahead touchdown at the end of the game that that was just one of the greatest throws and catches you'll ever see. If you know football, then you know how difficult of a throw and catch that was. Putting together the, the intro clip, I kept getting goosebumps just kind of listening to that a, a couple times. And every time I've heard it now, I still get goosebumps just watching that. What a throw. What a catch. Just unbelievable. Just what an unbelievable game. One for the ages. Next episode, we will do a season recap slash review and look ahead at next season's schedule. Thank you for listening, Buckeye Nation. We are going to be back this Friday. Make sure you tune in. Be safe, Buckeye Nation. Go Bucks!